Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Pyromaniac fans. This is Mo coming at you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo. Of course, you can hear the boys talking to you every week, uh, 52 weeks a year, at the Fantasy Football Player Podcast. Check out our draft kit we've got. Uh, we are constantly updating it. Uh, we have the first version out now, but you should get about a total of five season rolls around. We're going to be starting up uh, Pyro Pro coming soon, so we've got all sorts of great stuff in the works. Normally, I'm doing a fantasy football talk with you via YouTube, but today I'm going old school. I've got an old school guy here, David T. Thomas, who is just an exceptional sports writer, talent evaluator, scouting personnel consultant for many an organization in the NFL. He runs scouting services and publishes the NFL Draft Report. David, how are you, sir? Pretty good. I tell you, right now I feel like the elves up there telling Santa Claus, listen, come back and see me in 360 days, but that's not the case with us scouts. We're actually starting to prepare right now. we got a big meeting coming up in a couple of weeks to start going over who has 10 toes and 10 fingers from spring drills. I'm looking at next year's crop, and I'm really excited. I'm telling you why. Next year's crop, I see a quarterback crop coming out that could rival 1983, and everybody knows 1983 was probably the greatest year ever to get a quarterback. Oh, that's some exciting stuff. I know we've got the, a great quarterback class coming out. I know all the Mannings are excited about the Indiana guy. Uh, we'll certainly get there if, we, if time allows. Uh, Dan, I want to ask you a couple things about your history. Um, first off, I mentioned the NFL draft report. Now, that's been coming out for years and years and years. Except this year. Uh, what happened this year? You went to Chicago with the draft. I'm a New Yorker. Case is closed. You leave my house. Do not come ringing my doorbell later on. I've been doing this since 1968 for the league, but I remember showing up at the garden, showing up at Waldorf Astoria days before the draft and finding people out there parking in their tents to be one of the select few to get in. You are telling me that for the greed of the almighty dollar, you moved it to Chicago and left all the New Yorkers behind? I'm sorry, I'm staying behind with them. That's, uh, that's some loyalty for you, sir. Well, it all comes down to one thing. What has made this draft? The draft Knicks. Who were the first ones to get crazy on the draft? The crazy, insane people, the 20 million plus in New York City. I got to stay loyal to them. If not, I'm not a New Yorker. They'll take away my pizza the next time I go home. I haven't been in many fights in my life, but I know enough not to get in one with a New Yorker. So I'm going to let you win that point. Um, now, you say 68. You were about, what, 14 when you started this gig? Yeah, actually, I started the year before when I went out to Al Davis's training camp in 67, and Al decided, hey, kid, I'm going to hire you. I walked in there, saw a bunch of scouts reading newspaper clippings and everything, and I'm old school. Since age four, I've been out scouting on the NBA trails. My late uncle, Marty Blake. 
Marty Newell brought me out to training camp, saw what they were doing there, and I started laughing. He says, what are you laughing at? I said, this is how you guys scout. He said, if you could do a better job, show me. 1968, I show up with a 4,000-page report in my hand. Mind you, folks, not even Commodore 64 was invented then. <laughs> and being at it so long, I'm sure you've seen, oh, the tides change, things come and go, new fads, but... What's the comparison? How are the scouts of today compared to the guys 25, 30 years ago? The scouts 25, 30 years ago did their homework. Why? Because we didn't have the Internet for us to become lazy. We didn't have a computer in front of us to watch a game film instead of getting out there and watching practices. I'm sorry. I need to see a work ethic of a ball player, and I can't see that on a 60-minute game film. I want to be on campus. I want to talk to the coaches. I want to talk to the campus police. I want to see what goes on in the locker room. Everything comes down to one thing. I'm a mad scientist, and what does a mad scientist is love chemistry. I need to see that chemistry in a ball player. I'm not going to go ahead and put my stamp of approval to go ahead and draft that guy. You know, that's how it should be, especially with the scouts. Old school, uh, known to the grindstone, out there doing it. I, myself, I, I rely on technology. This is one of the first times I'm doing a, a cell phone interview. And to be honest with you, Dave, I got a dinosaur on a bicycle pedaling my uh, cell phone power. So, Oh, buddy, I don't even have a cell phone over here. I, you know, really, I think it was you or somebody asked me the other day, what's your Twitter account? And I said, stop cursing at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Well, let's jump into it, Dave. Um, I, I'm anxious to hear your, your views on some of these because I've been aware of you for a long time. You've just got uh, shoot from the hip, uh, very honest. So what's your take on, you know, you said next year's class is going to be even better, but uh, did Jameis Winston deserve to be the first pick of the draft? You know what it is? If you can't be with the one you love, you love the one you're with. And if you need a quarterback, and let me tell you, with Mike Leonard a quarterback, anybody and their mother could tell you that Tampa Bay needed one. Uh, they're rolling the dice on Winston. The thing that bothers is what everybody is saying off the field and yes that could come back and bite them in the butt down the road but the biggest thing that bothers me is his how could I put it lack of vision and people say well he won the Heisman in 2013 yeah but brother what have you done for me lately go back and look at last year 18 interceptions 14 of those interceptions were inside the red zone 13 of them were returned for scores by the opposition on top of that he had 69 passes deflected how the heck am I going to sit there and justify having a guy that had 86 passes end up in a hand of another ball player who was not wearing a Florida State uniform? Now, you talk about off the field and then he's on the field. I guess that would all file under decision-making. Bad choices off, bad choices on. Is that something that can I, be coach? Uh, yes and no. You know, I went back and I used Cam Newton as a perfect example, but then I used Jamarcus Russell. So this guy is sort of yin and yang. He could swing either way. I mean, if I get Cam Newton out of him, I'll be a happy little puppy. But if I end up with Jamarcus Russell, and the last time I looked at that belly on Jameis over there, we're not exactly talking about Charles Atlas or Jack LaLanne. So it's going to worry me more what he does in his downtime than what he does when he's in the training camp itself. So this year, you think he's going to be better than Mariota? You know, I'm looking at Wisenhunt over there, and Wisenhunt has a way of bringing out the best in people. I think that uh, the the best thing that I could say about Winston, he's probably more pro-ready than Mariota, but down the road I would look at Mariota as probably a better prospect. But to be honest with you, the Jets got the best quarterback in the draft. 
Bruce Petty? Yeah, you know why? Because I look at that guy, I look at his arm strength, and one thing I always tell people, go back and look at Darryl LaMonica. May not have looked pretty out there on the football field, but he got that ball into the end zone. That's one thing that I see in Petty. I think that Geno Smith right now, you might as well have Mayflower on your speed dial because sooner or later they're going to tell you to get uh, load up your bags and get out of town. Um, and what about where, before we move on to some of the other guys, uh, Mariano, what about where he landed the Titans? They got, he's a rookie, they got, they drafted two rookie wide receivers, two rookie running backs, one, of course, to the fullback, two offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, is he going to take his lungs or is, are they really putting him behind the eight ball? Uh, I think when you have so many young guys, one thing happens. You build chemistry within. The guys are going to go through a lot of foibles out there on the football field. There's going to be a lot of mistakes with these guys. But they're going to rally around each other. Why? Because they're all in the same boat. Now, the only problem with that is if I'm Ken Weisenhunt, and especially knowing that my owner is dead, and who knows if they're going to sell this team over here, life in the NFL as a coach is very short, my friend. And Bryce Teddy, is he going to pan out this year? Is this a work in progress? How soon? Uh... I think that one thing you're going to see is you got to understand one thing. In New York, we got Broadway. What do you got on Broadway? A lot of plays. What do you happen when the play doesn't go well, man? You pull out the hook and you yank the damn singer and you put a new one in. I think that Geno Smith is going to be singing on the sidelines before midseason. Wow. Um, what about two, maybe a couple other guys? Uh, Hunley went to the fifth. Uh, did he deserve to fall so far? You know, you're looking at a ball player over here. If I blew in his left ear, I'd have to make sure I had a cork in his right ear or to pop out along the way. Uh, no knock on Hunley, but Hunley needs coaching up. He didn't get that at UCLA, but he is a God-given athlete. Go back and look what they did over there. They converted Matt Flynn into Buku picks. They converted Aaron Brooks into Buku picks. Where did these guys come third day of the draft? One thing about Ted Thompson, when Ted Thompson comes and takes a quarterback later in the draft, sooner or later, man, that guy is going to go out there and pull a first rounder in, in exchange for that guy. Uh, otherwise, I got to look at one thing. If Rogers gets hurt again, do I want to put Flynn in there? No, I'll roll the dice with my rookie and go with his mistakes instead. One other guy I've been hearing some whispers about uh, that he could surprise the people, the, uh, the Rams, they took him with the 25th pick in the third, John Mannion. What do you think about him? Oh, my God. I know pregnant women that could beat him. I know pregnant women and their children that end up beating him in the foot race. He come in third. Not only that is, we go back and look at the Jameis Winston thing. I mean, if you talk about somebody that's, uh, how could I put it, user-friendly with an opposing defensive back, it's got to be Magnet. I mean, that guy had so many picks out over there, man. I thought that he was going to open up a toothpick factory. <laughs> I love it. Uh, switching over to wide receivers. All this talk about... Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper. Uh, Watching the tape, and I don't watch nearly as much college as I do NFL, but should we be worried about his hands? Oh, my God, go back and look. Go back and look at some of the games. I mean, one game last year, he had like six or seven drops out there on the football field. But what worries me more, even than with Kevin White, I don't know if you saw my comparison chart on these guys. Kevin White caught 60% of his passes. What was even worse was Sammy Coates. He was under 50%. My problem is when I got a ball player like a Kevin White or a Devin Funches, six foot three plus, and the cornerbacks that went up against both of them averaged under five foot ten in height, and meanwhile, White had six. 16 PBUs against him. Devin Funches had 17 PBUs. Uh, have either one of you guys ever heard of Elevation? 
Honestly, to me, man, I think Devontae Parker is the best wide receiver in this draft. Right behind him, I think the Jets got a steal of a home run threat in Devin Smith. He's got to learn how to run routes, but when you're averaging 39.82 yards per touchdown catch, when every time you catch a touchdown, your team wins, 30-0 and 0 is their record, I think Devin Smith is definitely worth it as a second-round draft pick. Well, let's cover some of these guys that you mentioned, and you were kind enough to send me um, some of your scouting reports. Uh, some interesting stuff about Funches. You know, at first, he's a big guy. Uh, he went to Carolina. He's going to be paired up uh, with another big receiver in Benjamin. But like you said, he only caught 50% of his passes, and I thought 22 were batted down, and most of the times it was by smaller guys. You know what I need? If I got Devin Funches on my team, I need Dr. Sexy from Grey's Anatomy because somebody's going to have to put a paddle on this guy for me to get a heartbeat out of him. <laughs> well, there goes Funches. Now, let's go to the two, or I'm going to even throw in another one that you like. But uh, going with, I guess he was third, Devontae Parker. He's certainly an exciting prospect. Um, exciting I, prospect, and I am crying. I don't know about you. I was dying to see that guy in purple. I wanted a honeymoon reunion with him in Bridgewater, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I heard you say if, uh, that did happen, that you pegged them both as pro bowlers. Oh, my God. You know what I like about Devontae Parker? Outside of the injury last year, look at the way he came back from the injury. It was like, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. No, Devontae, we're going to ease you in. Coach, you ease me in, man. I'm going to run out there on the football field. This guy's old school. This is a guy that you want out there. They got a great pickup with Devontae Parker. Unfortunately, it did not end up in Minnesota. And then I turn down and I look at the other guy. Go look at the speedster. Okay, he's got 426 speed. But if anybody dropped the ball more than Burchard Perriman, if that guy was working in, a, uh, in a, a factory right now that was developing nuclear bombs, we'd all be dead. <laughs> um yeah, so, well, with going back to the Parker Bridgewater, he didn't get there, but do you think it's going to be a happy marriage with Tannehill in Miami? Yeah, I think that what Tannehill needed was somebody that he could stretch the field with. You know, Mike Wallace thought he was the guy, but Mike Wallace thought that uh, he was better off looking in the mirror than looking at the end zone. Uh, I think that with Parker, he's going to see a guy that is a good workman-like type of receiver. My favorite pick, though, was Philadelphia. Oh, my God. If Sam Bradford could stay healthy, he's got the best route runner on the planet in that kid, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I heard uh, I was doing in my pre-game, pre-interview notes, uh, I was doing some um, listening of interviews, your past stuff. Uh, I believe you said one of the best route runners you've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, you know, you look at this guy, and he reminds me, I, I look at him out there on the football field, everything he does, he reminds me of John Stallworth with the old Pittsburgh Steelers. Everything with him is precise. If you need him to go 10 and and pop in the middle, he's going to do it. If you need him to go long, he's going to do it. Need him to come back and work uh, towards the quarterback when the quarterback is flushed, this kid got eyes in the back of his head. Yeah, he has some great numbers. Again, I'm crediting you with these stats, so I'm just repeating what you did the work on. But you see, when you look at that table, you know, you look at that table. I always tell people, don't look at the amount of receptions the guy got. Look at the amount of receptions he got based on the amount of times they went to him. I mean, look at look at Devin Smith. He only caught 33 passes, but they only threw 42 to him. Or do I want a, uh, a, a Sammy Coates that got a million passes thrown to him and he caught, what, 35, 40 of them? Yeah, Devin Smith, 86% catch rate. 
he was one of the more productive guys, even though I think least amount of catches of the top ten guys, but he had the best catch rate. Yeah, that's because they had, uh, you know, when you got Mr. Elliott in the backfield and you're a young quarterback, he just turned around and hand that ball off. <laughs> Going back to Aguilar, because I love Nelson. I love the Eagles pick with um, Aggie. He had 104 receptions, but 58 of those came on broken plays. So, like you say, he's a great route runner, but, boy, can he get in the quarterback field of vision when things go wrong in the backfield. Well, the thing I like, too, is his yardage after the catch last year was 52.59%. And not only that, you look up there, they lost Jeremy Macklin. He had to bring in somebody, whoever ends up quarterbacking that team over there, is going to need a perfect route runner. You look at Sam Bradford's game going back to to Oklahoma, everything that he did over there was in the intermediate area of the football field. That's where Aguilar comes into play. Uh, now, I know they run all kinds of plays. Uh, they're getting them in, getting them out. It's super quick. But is Jordan Matthews, are they going to cannibalize each other, or can Chip Kelly get the best out of these two receivers? Oh, I think that's going to be a perfect tandem, especially if you look around the league, the league right now. Why uh, why are people looking for those big cornerbacks? Because the wide receivers are coming out there basketball player size. Or as I joke, they look like the Yankees' bullpen. Yeah, I am super excited about Matthews. He is, I was really glad that he went to where he did. Uh, on the flip side of that, the Colts took Philip Dorsett. I wasn't really sure what him. Um, what does that do for a guy like Moncrief? I, I mean, well, well, their whole draft, if you go back and look at the draft, it was puzzling. I scratched my head so much with the Philip Dorsett pick and turning around over here. I thought I was going to have to reach for head and shoulders. I thought I was having dandruff. I, to me, Philip Rivers is nothing more than a third-round draft pick. Everybody is hooked on his speed. But if you go back and look at what he did over in Miami, it reminds me of the Peggy Lee song. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? That's Philip Dorsett. I didn't know I'd get some crooning, too, Dave. This is fantastic. Hey, listen, what can I tell you? I'm getting ready for karaoke. <laughs> I got my lighter on over here. Um, <laughs> what about one cat who uh, has a lot of bad reps associated with his name, DGB, Dor- Doriel Be- uh, Green Beckham? Uh, what do you think about this kid in the NFL? Uh, this kid could be the next Megatron, or he could be the next Cheech and Chong. It all depends on what he decides to do off the football field. You know, Tennessee yeah. in the second round, I'm gambling on the guy. First round, you get a little concerned. But the second round, especially with the way that Wisenhunt keeps everybody in check. I think Green Beckham, if I was them right now, I'd do the simple thing. I'd room him with Bishop Sankey. Why? Because Bishop Sankey is probably the most upright citizen on that football team down there. And I think that the good guy will wear, uh, wear away on Dorio Beckham's, how could I put it, Bart Simpson attitude. Yeah. Uh, let's hope so. He's had some rough, rough uh, accusations, at least. Um, well, before he ends up turning into Josh Gordon, I hope he does recognize what's in front of him out there on the football field this year. No kidding. These guys have uh, such great potential, and they just need someone, like you say, to take them under their wing. I think a lot of it has to do with situation where a guy lands. Is there a a uh, responsible older player there to look out for them, or are they just left to their own device? 
Yeah, but look at the maturity of their new young quarterback. I mean, if this was Metzenberger yeah, as a quarterback, I, I tell you point blank, him and Metzenberger would end up wearing eight digits on their jersey instead of two. <laughs> yeah, Mariota could be a perfect guy to work with. Uh, I mean, Mariota could calm down anything out there on the football field. He's got such a great presence in the locker room in the huddle. And that's why I say I'll live and die with Mariota before I go ahead and risk anything on Winston. Before I move on to the running back position, uh, just a couple other guys. Tyler Lockett, uh, fifth, sixth, and third round went to the Seahawks. Can he be productive uh, with Wilson Cosser involved in Seattle? Oh, my God, with Pete Carroll up there, with Russell Wilson, the way that they play a game. And not only that, you go back and look at what he could do on the return duties. I, I mean, this kid is exciting. And, oh, my God, people watch the way he blocks out there. I mean, you think it's Heinz Wood all over again, the way that he blocks. I mean, the kid had 16 knockdown blocks this year. I mean, if he was any smaller, Snow White would reject him for the seventh whoop spot. <laughs> Uh, last guy I want to ask you about is the last one taken, I believe. Trey McBride, again, another Titan guy. Uh, did he deserve to fall the almost one of the last picks of the seventh round? You know, I think people got to start recognizing there is a whole lot of talent down at the FCS level. These guys have been treated like Rodney Dangerfield over the years. Yeah. I think that somebody is going to sit back years from now and go, oops. And I tell you one thing, Trey McBride, do not worry about it because your second contract is where you're going to make your big bucks. They got a steal of him in the late round. Absolutely. Moving to uh, the running back position, had a bit of a rebirth this year. A couple guys taken early. Have you seen that? Todd Gurley, first one taken, 10th pick. Is he the real deal? Yeah, he's definitely the real deal. And if I'm Trey Mason right now, I'm going to have to concede that once Gurley is fully healthy, he's going to get a lot of touches out of that backfield. I look at Todd Gurley and I say, you know what? you got a young beast mode. Young beast mode, wow. Yeah, that's how good I see Todd Gurley. I mean, everything that Todd does is excellent. You know, the thing that bothers the other kids got great speed, but go back and look at that chart. 343 carries. He had 67 negative carries, uh, 68 negative carries out there. He was stopped behind the line of scrimmage, I think, 57 times for losses. 21 other times he was stopped at the line of scrimmage for no gain. On top of it, he fumbled the ball seven times. Gurley, Gurley's got hands of Velcro. Not only that, is he's physical. When you get hit by Gurley, you're going to feel it. You know, one category on that comparison chart, really check out. It's called my MT category. It shows how many times multiple defenders were needed to bring a ball carrier down on non-touchdown runs. To me, that's very important. Why? Because you're beating up that defense. You're causing that defense to recognize this is a guy that we got to account for every moment that he's on the football field. Yeah, in that instance, Gurley does not live up to his name. And like you said, that stat jumped off the charts when I was looking at it. Gurley had uh, negative plays only 9.6% negative plays versus Gordon, almost 20% last season. And Gordon, that was last season. Gurley, that's his career, 9.6 negative versus almost double for Gordon. That's what I want I don't want to sit there. I got four downs. I got four downs to get 10 yards. Do I want to go in reverse on two of them? I, I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a startling uh, stat that really popped off. Like I said, like Gordon. Uh, do not get me wrong. I like Gordon a lot. 
But Gordon needs a fullback. If you don't have a fullback and you're going to play him in a one-back situation, boom, that kid's never going to get out of the backfield. Yep, like you said, Gordon went uh, 45 tackles for a loss or 21 for no gain, fumbled seven times. So that's a lot of uh, red. You know, yeah, a lot they, of that's a lot of leaving back over there. So, you know, when you take into consideration 2,500 and change yards, you got to really consider that those tackle for losses last year ended up being 198 yards. That's a lot of uh, real estate to leave behind. So, I'm a Motown man. Tell me about uh, Amir Abdullah. Uh, what do you think of this kid? He's got a lot of nicks on him. What do you, what do you think of him? Uh, I look at him, I don't know if you remember a former Cardinal years ago, this guy was small as all hell but could crack walnuts with his biceps, Stump Mitchell. That's what Amir Abdullah reminds me of. But then I look at Amir, I look at Tevin Coleman, these are two Rolls Royces that have over 300,000 miles on them just from one year. Both of them had a lot of carries out there on the football field. I mean, you look at the top six running backs in this thing, three of them are coming into this uh, into this uh, NFL man with major medical risk. I mean, look at there, barely no cartilage in the knee of Jay, uh, Jay Ajayi. That's why he slowed down as far as he did. Yeah, I didn't think Best value didn't pick. Call. Best value pick of all of the running backs in the draft, David Johnson. Why do I say that? Because he reminds me a lot of Matt Forte. Right behind him, Jeremy Langford. And Mr. Forte, if you decide to hold out in camp in Chi-Town, everybody's going to fall in love with what Langford brings to the table. Well, David Johnson, again, I wish I had more time to, to watch the college uh, tape, but when I was watching, Kip got great, not only great hands, but great vision catching passes out of the backfield. And you got to understand, this is a kid that was a cornerback till two years ago. Ah, yeah, that could explain to some reason. He made some great cuts and come out of the backfield. I was really surprised at what a great pass catcher he was. The whole thing comes down to is one thing. If I got myself a running back, I'm not looking for a running back by committee. Give me a guy that's going to be down there for four downs, and the only way I'm going to get that is if he's got hands that could come out on third down situations for me. David Johnson could do that. Duke Johnson could do that. Jeremy Langford is still untested with that, but up in Michigan State, you know, uh, Mr. Cook over there never even gave a, a running back a thought when it came to passing. Uh, getting back to my lines right quick with uh, Amir Abdullah, is he more of a threat for Joyce Bell or uh, my Notre Dame or Theo Riddick? You know, I think that he's uh, definitely in the class of what we see running back by committee. I yeah. don't see this guy as my number one guy. I see the guy coming in and getting me some good real estate on the football field, but I'm real worried. I mean, every time I turn around, there's another Band-Aid somewhere on that kid's body. What about Kevin Coleman down in, uh, again, lots of wear and tear, but down in Atlanta? Uh, how's he going to fit with Freeman? I think Freeman's in a lot of trouble if Tevin Go uh, Coleman could get healthy enough uh, by the time training camp opens up. I think that Coleman proved last year. I mean, first half of the season, this guy was averaging nine-plus uh, nine yards a clip. Then he got banged up, and uh, the average dropped down a bit. But if he's healthy, I, you got to go back and look at last year down at Atlanta. Freeman had a lot of, uh, how could I put it, oops out there on the football field. I mean, you got to go back and look at the kid's IQ test score from the combines. And uh, what's that? Oh, my sock size is size nine. Uh, Mr. Freeman, you think you could reach that level? Yeah, they, uh, he didn't quite pop like a lot of people thought he would. And apparently Atlanta, um, they moved pretty quick to maybe refill his, uh, 
fill his spot there, fill his shoes. I don't know. I look at those Florida State guys, the kids from Florida, or they look like they probably took their term papers for crayons. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, what was the old Notre Dame? Uh, it was, uh, Notre Dame, when they used to play, uh, I guess I guess it was Miami, Catholics versus the convicts. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about Duke Johnson? Uh, went to the Browns. Man, they've got a crowded backfield now, right? Crowell, West, and now Johnson. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to Weston Johnson battling for that starting job. The thing I like about Duke is he's got blazing speed. The problem with Duke is he outruns he outruns his blocking quite a bit. And with yeah. them revamping that offensive line over there, uh, he's going to have to show a little bit more patience. Or in other words, what I say is Duke will never be a doctor because he has no patience. Yeah. Um, no, But, you know, that's be coached, right? Having a little more patience, letting your blockers get in front of you? Yeah, yeah. You know, it all comes down to your vision aspect, and that's something that's easily taught. What about uh, looking at now that we've seen where these guys have gone? I'm always interested in fantasy. Uh, which guy's going to get the most production? Which guy's going to be the most uh, fantasy-relevant guy? Uh, and look at Jeremy Langford. Uh, is he going to cut into 4K's playing time? I think Forte's going to cut into his own playing time, especially if he holds out in training camp. I think that this is the last year we will see Forte and Jay Cutler in Chicago. I think that Cutler should have been out of there a long time ago, but I think Forte's constant whining over his contract is going to get to the point where if he gets hurt again like he does every other year, what do you got? you got a speedster like Langford ready to step in. And like I say, yeah. this is a kid with only two years of tailback experience underneath his belt. It was Look at last year. It was like every game he got better and better and better. And then go look at his numbers from the combines. This kid is no slouch. Yeah, having Langford there is not really a bargaining chip for Forte. And uh, you, if he does decide to hold out, usually we see these guys – I think kind of get injured, they get banged up if they're not in practice, getting themselves in uh, NFL-ready condition. I think that Jeremy Langford could be in his rookie year where Chris Johnson was without the gold teeth. Yeah. Chris Johnson, uh, boy, he was hot. Uh, Yeah, Chris Chris will be a poke before we get to training camp, that's for sure. What about uh, the, the kid you did mention, um, Ajay? How, why did he flip? Everybody was just concerned over the injuries? or uh, Oh, yeah. Well you, well, well, you don't have any cartilage in the knee. You're going bone on bone over here. I mean, uh, running back's li- uh, NFL life is short to begin with, but you're talking about a guy you're bringing into camp already on life support? But besides his, uh, you know, history, his injury history, how do you like it? You, you like him as a running back, do you not? Yeah, he's a physical type of guy. He's a type of guy that I definitely want to bring in. And you know what I say? Uh, if Coach wants him to get two yards, he'll get you two yards. If Coach wants you to get him, uh, get him four yards, he'll get you two yards. So is uh, Lamar Be very cautious with Jay. Yeah, with, with Jay, you're going to get what you're going to get. But one more breakdown, uh, no. He's not Humpty Dumpty. All the King's horses and all the King's men are not going to be able to put him back together again. Any other running backs that maybe have uh, too much tread on their tires that you're worried about the transition to the NFL? 
Uh, I look at the running backs out there, and I'm really worried about what I'm seeing with Matt Jones. I mean, even the minor injuries, you know, he lingers with those injuries. Uh, I look at the rest of the running backs. I think that somebody's going to get a big surprise out of Javoris Allen. Javoris Allen is a very physical back, and I like what he does. He was just miscast over there at USC. Yeah, hey boy, I don't know. I, I mean, I like Alan. Uh, I like what he can do, but uh, Justin Forsett, I, I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, but look at one thing. How many years did it take Forsett to get his foot in the door? So I know, when that's you, the thing. <laughs> he's, yeah, the thing. he's been paying his dues for so long, man. Let him live in the life. I know, me. but what do you want in that backfield? Do you want a, a Pinto or do you want a Chevelle SS? I think I want to get myself a Chevelle SS if I get an opportunity of doing so. I know that's how the thing works, but boy, I really like Justin Forsett until they drafted the. I think these two could work very well together. One bouncing to the outside, the other one taking the between the tackle carries. I hope you're right. He's a more elusive for sets, far more elusive than people give him credit for. I um, mean, when I got a 230-pounder that's got a one five eight ten, I know that this kid's going to explode going up the middle of the field. The thing that bothers me is what he does in the weight room, though. So he is going to have to add some power. But when I got a 231-pounder, yeah, I'll take him in the training room and go, you see that over there? That's a bar. No, you're not going to drink. No, I want you to lift it instead. <laughs> I've made that mistake a few times in my life. <laughs> Uh, hey, real quick with the tight ends, this is not really uh, something we advise in fantasy. Tight ends, you usually don't see a pop until maybe two years, three years, usually. Oh, Louie, I got a steal for you, and I got a guy that is perfect for the silver and black, and that's Clive Walford. Problem with Clive is the injury factor, but this is the type of kid that even when he's hurt, he doesn't realize he's hurt. He doesn't realize he's hurt until he comes to the sideline, and one of his coaches goes, son, you got blood dripping all over the place. Oh, it must be somebody else's coach. Can't be mine. All right. I I love Walford, but I was a little confused. Riviera was one of the uh, the guys that came out of that offense last year. I wasn't sure what they were doing dressing the tight end with their second pick. Yeah, the whole thing is protecting Derek Carr. And if you look at his blocking ability, I mean, outside of the kid from Ohio State, you're not going to find a better blocker at the tight end position in Walford. I mean, Max Williams, to me, Max Williams is uh, an overgrown H-back. I don't think he's ever going to be able to generate the power. The kid that I like a lot is Michael Pruitt. I think Michael Pruitt is probably the best pure catcher of all of the tight ends. And I think Jesse James is going to prove to be a steal in this draft. Yeah, Pruitt, uh, once again, he landed in a place that got Rudolph, although he's never able to stay healthy. That's the whole thing, and you got to look at one thing. Look what Bridgewater, the success that the tight ends had at Louisville, what Bridgewater is their quarterback. I expect a lot of dump-offs to the tight ends now that Bridgewater has somebody that could catch the ball. And North Turner, uh, offensive coordinator, he loves the tight end position. Oh, my God. I tell you, it's a match made in heaven for everybody. I really like what Spielman did. Trader Rick really turned that draft. He turned seven picks into ten, and he got a lot of good quality out of the draft. Before I let you go, Dave, is there any other uh, guys we didn't mention that you might like uh, at running back, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end? 
You know, like I said to Joe Brandt before the season began, you got to be kidding me. And look where the Notre Dame <laughs> tight end ended up going, all the way down in the seventh round. If that kid fell any further over there, you would have thought he was on a bungee cord. Blake Bell, I think, is going to be a sleeper at the tight end position. The thing I like about Blake is I know I could run him out of the backfield. Hell, go back two years ago when he was a quarterback at Oklahoma and ran for 14 touchdowns. Watch that kid out of Illinois State, too, O'Shaughnessy. I think somebody's going to get a uh, keeper out of that guy. Yeah, see, once again, though, he went to uh, the Chiefs. They are uh, probably set, I would think. I mean, uh, fantasy talk around Travis Kelce is pretty hyped up. Oh, yeah, but look what everybody okay. is doing. You always need two tight ends. Remember one thing. When you get inside the red zone, your slot receiver is squat. You need big guys to move that ball. Why? Because we are in closed quarters, and that's when you go with that double tight end formation. And when I'm going double tight end, I need somebody that could catch. So um, back to Walford then. You think he's going to be the, more of a blocking use? Oh, no, no. Uh, but I, I see Walford right now ended up with uh, 60 uh, receptions before the end of the year, if healthy. Oh, wow. Wal- right. Walford, Walford, to me, is the best tight end in this class. Hands down. Okay. Making with the fourth pick in the third round. Um, hey, give us a couple uh, guys for next year. Something to be keeping on the back burner. Who should we be keeping oh. our hand in the college field? Uh, well, mostly I'm seeing a lot of defensive players running the board over there, but I tell you one thing, I think Joey Bosa, definitely going to be the first pick in the draft, and one guy I simply love down at Virginia Tech, Gade Nicholas. This guy is what Shane Ray should have been this year. I think you're going to see a Dade Nicholas. Love Nate Suffield, agree with the Mannings on him, he's got the best pure ROM in the game, let's see if the shoulder could hold up. I go back and I look at some of the talent that's out there, I I think we're going to see a whole lot more underclassmen than seniors on the draft board next year. I, I'm not crazy about the senior crop. I do like the juniors, though, that are out there. David C. Thomas, uh, once again, he's run scouting services, publishes the NFL draft report. Uh, he's been on the beat since uh, 67. Uh, he's no better resource for wanting to know anything about some of these draft kids coming out. Dave, I really appreciate the time. It was a great talk. I enjoyed myself. Take care, my friend. I'll catch you sometime down the road. Take care, buddy. All right. We'll see you on the flip side. Once again, Pyro fans, that was David T. Thomas. Uh, he's been scouting and out to NFL talent for years. Uh, I've been putting up some of this stuff on Twitter. You can catch me, Pyromaniac Mo. Uh, he was kind enough to send me some charts. I've been taking some snapshots and putting up some of his charts, always giving him credit. Uh, but certainly incorporating some of that stuff and all that fantasy goo into what we're doing with the draft kits, which, again, we're working on version two right now. Um, as soon as you buy that kit, man, there's 22 tabs now, and we're talking 22 and counting. As soon as you buy that kit, we're always going to send you the latest version as soon as it hits all the way up until the season. The cool thing is this is a draft kit you can use into the season, too. There is all sorts of worthwhile tabs, touchdown dependency, targets, touch, look, strength, schedule, uh, stuff that you can use after the draft as well. And we're certainly really excited for Pyro Pro. Of course, we've always got the Pyromaniac website, but Pyro Pro is giving you something special. Keep your eyes peeled. And certainly we've got the podcast from the regular crew coming at you uh, once a week, 52 weeks a year. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It was a pleasure. 
coming at you this way. Look for me again on the YouTube and um, perhaps some more uh, podcasts in the future. I've got an NFL uh, draftee, a Carly Taylor from the New York Giants coming up. That one will be on YouTube. And until the flip side, keep it real, ladies and gentlemen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.